0: is darren miller from 96 bitter beings thanks for joining me i know it's early there fully appreciate it so thank you so much and i just want to thanks say for having
1: me appreciate it.
0: it it's great i'm really looking forward to this chat for the next 25 30 minutes so uh thanks for taking that's whatever
1: you want let's talk about whatever you want there are not you can't offend me you can't bother me you Sweet.
0: can't
1: you can't um <laughs> say anything that'll stroke my ego i mean you you can I mean, that's say whatever you want is basically the point. Ask whatever you want. Then nothing, nothing offends me.
0: Then, then we'll do that. Okay, so synergy restored. The new album Mm -hmm. is out the fourth of November, so that's about about a month away now. Yeah, I'm going to go straight for the jugular on this one. I'm not even going to buy you dinner or anything. I'm just going to get straight in. Is this your best? Is this your best album? Yeah. Did you
1: get a copy of it?
0: Yeah.
1: Did you listen to it? Yeah. I'll ask you, is it my best? <laughs> this is <laughs> not <fun. laughs>
0: I, I actually okay. All right. Do you want to, what, tell you, me what you
1: really think. It's okay. That's what right. I need. I don't don't sugarcoat it. Tell me okay. what you really think.
0: Because I know you don't read reviews online or anything like that. Yeah. You, no. you don't listen. So this is from me. I think this is the best Darren Miller project or you know, CKY and 96 bit record you have done and i'm so happy i it made
1: me very happy <laughs> good
0: and and we spoke previous like a bit before we started recording uh-huh. like um you know i've, I've loved secret white for a long time from volume one infiltrate destroy rebuild is a and brilliant can be album found,
1: maybe not so much carver city is my favorite volume one and carver city are my
0: favorite because they're crisp and they're clear well and, uh, this is coming on to my point exactly so I think I think Infiltrate has my favorite songs on there yeah um because it's sort of like um a part of my life where you know right. they sort the of, soundtrack
1: talk- to a certain part of your
0: life exactly um I'm not dismissing Carver City at all <laughs> like don't get me wrong but it's very when I, progressive when I listen to this uh, the new album um especially on the opening of <laughs> Va- Va- Valnues
1: News curse is that right <laughs> Almost vaudeville's revenge, revenge I don't sorry. know you know what I didn't do much much research on vaudeville outside of um Amer- what like what it was about in America I don't know if Europe or any other country knows what vaudeville is um Please? probably not it was how um before television and while radio was going vaudeville was a traveling um pretty pretty much tv on tour um it was magicians and um dancers comedians um all different kinds of things you know there would be nothing was off limits when it came to vaudeville but it was destroyed by tv and now we're kind of Musicians, music, bands, um, our kind of music, metal and rock, is kind of in the same position where it's been destroyed by technology. Vaudeville was a traveling way of getting people to entertain. You know, they would come into the theaters, they would pack them, sell them out. But then, you know, when um, television came about, it replaced the sound and watching these things happen so it's basically like a circus but what you would watch what you would eventually watch on television so television killed off vaudeville and vaudeville was the word for um putting on shows that you would later see on tv history is repeating itself where technology is destroying all the things that you and i used to love about the kind of music that we loved going to record stores, mm-hmm. you know, looking for things that were obscure underground that we couldn't find and just enjoying the whole thing about music. So basically, I took the facts of that situation and turned it into a fictitious story where the vaudevillians from that time are, now, are zombies and killing people that are into
0: digital um current stuff you've sort you've sort of sidetracked a bit but i'm going to follow on with that point because the technology thing is something we always talk about um when we're talking to bands because the likes of spotify etc is killing it for the artists that is uh like and your point of going into record stores and picking up like I remember, I don't know if you've heard this band before, I picked up a record by a band called Regurgitate. Oh, yeah. and the, the album was called Carnivorous Erection. And it had an mm-hmm. erection eating a tongue on the front. And I was like, I have to have this. Right. It was mental, but God are the days of picking that stuff up. And it's, Spotify is killing it in terms of royalties and, you know, artists getting funded. On the other hand, it is giving a lot of people the opportunity to discover bands like the yes. and click and see, right. Do I like this without spending 10 quid, 10 pounds, $20, whatever you call it. Do you sort right. of, do you sort of get at that side of the coin?
1: I totally understand that. It's just not balanced out financially, but yes. I'm not, I'm not in this for financial reasons. I'm in this for personal reasons. I love physical product. As you can see, the vinyl is behind me and if i remove one of these vinyls there you see my vinyl collection same right so i've never lost hope or faith in the physical format if um if i if a song goes up that that i've done that that hits 38 million views on spotify or streams or whatever that's fine You know, send me the check, I'll cash it, whatever. I move on with my life. I love physical formats. Yeah. And I always believed in them, even 10 to 15 years ago when Slayer put out, um, God, what was their last album?
0: World Painted Blood,
1: was it? No, after that. I had the box. Repentless. Repentless. Um, When that was put out, I said, you know what? This is the perfect album to help bring back the physical format of vinyl picture discs. And they did that, a limited run. And I said, do more, you know, spend some money to get it into stores that might not have carried it. And they were like, oh yeah, you know, vinyl is really gonna, you know, vinyl is for diehard fans and collectors that don't even have, you know, record players. And I said, you know what? In 10 years, vinyl is going to be the coolest thing even for kids, high school kids, to listen to music. And everybody laughed at me, but the proof was when my daughter came home who has nothing in common with me as far as music. She don't care about the music I like. She hates metal. If I put rock on, she tells me to turn it down. But she came home one day and she said, Dad, take me to Walmart to buy some Billie Eilish vinyl. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> it's happening. Walmart carrying vinyl, Target carrying vinyl, it's happening. And everybody laughed at it and it's growing. I think 2 or 3 years ago, 2 year, 3 years ago, vinyl finally outsold CDs. And an artist and the record companies make more money off a of physical product than streaming. I think that one vinyl record e- equals like 2500 streams of an album or something
0: like that. Is that right?
1: Yes. So the more wow. the money is still in the physical product, but for me it's not about money. I understand for other artists it's definitely about money, but you know, they're they're limited to only having their music streamed because they don't know about the physical product because they're not as old as me. You know, so um part of my quest You know, part of my never ending story is that I want um, everybody to revisit the physical format and stream. Because part of the cool thing that was, you know, going to a record store and buying a CD is that you spent your money on the CD. Now you have to listen to it. You know, when you stream five seconds in, if you don't like it, you shut it off. Yeah. So it's hard for a band like Regurgitate. To get the fans they could have gotten 20 years ago, because someone is going to turn on, regurgitate, listen to it for 10 seconds and turn it off. My favorite al- my favorite death metal album is Gorguts' Erosion of Sanity. Oh. Now, if I had if I had streamed that album for 10 seconds, I would have shut it off and never listened to it again. But since I spent 18 dollars on the CD and I liked the Gorguts album before that. I learned. I had no choice but to say I spent eighteen dollars on this. I have to give it more than one chance. I put it in, and eventually, it caught on, and it stuck with me. Even though it's very progressive and very n- not no hooks, no choruses. It was like guitar work, but it was really fr- confusing music. And now it's my favorite album of all time. But if I had screamed Gore Guts today, I'd hate. I'd have hated it.
0: It's a very good um, point you've made, actually, that, the the you know, you can stream something for 10 seconds and hear a opening track, which is just scree- literally screams. And you're like, nah, not yeah. not today. Whereas if another day you put it on, you'd be like, okay, this is what I'm into. But it's a very right. good point. Plus, um, the
1: pom- plus, you know, there's promotional money that's provided by um, more, you know, wealthy companies that put up artists that, that if i'm looking for gore guts let's say and um i'm i click on gore guts all of a sudden this this video comes up that i have no interest in at all so it's like the more money that that the artist and their whoever represents them usually not a record company i don't know who it is but you know maybe capital records wants this solo artist that does, you know, shakes her ass like Miley Cyrus or Beyonce or whatever it is, that shows up before what I want to see. So it's kind of corrupt. Streaming is kind of corrupt because they don't really go by success or, you know, even their algorithms. They like to try to um, show you whatever it is that you probably aren't even interested in. But, you know, I would like to see before a Beyonce video, when somebody wants to watch a Beyonce video or whatever, a Gorguts act shows up. How about that?
0: That'll be some algorithm for. Uh, Will yeah, we ever see problem. that? <laughs> no, no.
1: Metallica, that doesn't even happen for Metallica.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, you know, we hope and dream. I'd like to have, you know, in my mind, I'm going to be the savior. I'm going to bring rock and metal back to its mainstream roots and where it started. And, but you know what, realistically, I would just like to be a small part of um, the return of it.
0: I think, the- I mean, the return of it, you're certainly a big part of it back in the day when season one yeah. out for sure. Um, you know, it was the soundtrack to a lot of people's lives certainly. And especially around like, you know the CKY videos and the jackass sort of era. Yeah. Um and I think I mean this is me. You know, I think CKY still up you know when you're in it even now was still a part of people's lives. And I don't think it ever went away. And I think I know what you're trying to say in keeping rock and metal and, and that. And I, I think I saw a quote somewhere I think it was from yourself saying you're just trying to let the teenagers know that there is other music out there, not just pop music, you know, and not, and not forcing metal and rock on people, but just saying, look, it's not all about Beyonce and Billie Eilish. Have a look out there. And I, and I think again, sorry, I'll let you answer now, but I think that's the sort of your music is sort of that gateway because it is, accessible? I I think that might be the word. New album.
1: Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of you know, I I always forget to leave this out is that there's a lot of aggressive types of hip hop that are popular, but I think that they might send the wrong message. I think that metal sends uh, rock and I always say metal because it's where I started, but I love rock and roll just as much and these teenagers are full of testosterone and they have no outlet um release it they don't in america you know it's funny because you're the first um well the second interviewer outside of the us so we have different you know in in europe they probably do do things totally different but in the us you're not allowed to stage dive you're not allowed to mosh um yeah and you're not allowed to have success as um, (laughs) a rock and metal band unless you're 65 and over, you know, and I don't mean any disrespect, but um, the bands that get the most attention are the ones that are already filthy rich and mm-hmm. are already, you know, it's, it ends up being about money because these bands and there's maybe not so many up and coming bands that are, you know, I wish there was. And I hope to be a part of that. I hope to be a part of uh, a 19 year old saying, let's start a band you know, getting three friends together. But a lot of these kids are loners and I see it through my teenage kids. And I think that there's a lot of aggression and anxiety and tension in these kids and they don't know where to put it. So what do they end up doing? They end up shooting up their schools. They end up bullying. They get into fights. Metal and rock stopped all those thoughts for me. Whereas it used to be back in the 80s that rock and metal caused these thoughts Mm -hmm. quite the opposite they prevented it provided an outlet you know i remember somebody used to pick on me on a day of school and i would come back home and i'd put on exodus is bonded by blood and paul bailoff would be the one that's screaming at the person that bullied me and i felt better i had an outlet and then going to concerts and being in mosh pits and watching stage die and just being in a in a venue with a bunch of people that felt the same way as me that were getting the aggression out and it cleared your mind and you knew you were a part of a, of a small group of people that were having, if not the same problems as you similar problems and it worked and it, it, it worked to the point where it um, influenced me to start my own band and you know, the rest is history. We got the CKY thing going and all that stuff. We started the videos. We had a group of friends that were completely had nothing in common with the rest of the high school. Some of them didn't play interest instruments. Some of them did. We just broke up into groups. You you uh, film some shit that's out of control, like a mosh pit or stage diving. Do your shit. We'll do the soundtrack. It had never been done before. People didn't know what to make of it. And it worked up to a point, but if it had a little bit more of a push, I think that it would be something that would be commonplace today. Here's our band. Here's our group of friends that do fucked up shit on video. And it's a little movie. You watch the fucked up shit with the soundtrack on it. But, you know, it went, got to a certain point, And since, you know, a lot of people didn't understand it, it, didn't quite happen to the extent that we eventually had hoped in the beginning, we didn't think it would get anywhere but we were very successful with it and um, along came MTV and kind of bought it and turned it into Jackass where CKY was a lone thing. Uh And then on the West coast you had um, Knoxville and Stevo and all that, and they were doing their thing. And then MTV saw West coast, East coast guys doing similar things except, you know, Knoxville and Stevo didn't have a band to do the soundtrack Well, they put them together. CKY becomes the soundtrack. And then later on, other bands tried to be the soundtrack. Maybe record companies were paying MTV. Like, let us be the CKY for a little bit. And it didn't work. So if the music sucks, it doesn't matter like what TV show or movie you're in.
0: Coming back full circle to the very point of the like we started this conversation, is your new album. And... Mm -hmm. I we completely went off on a tangent there.
1: I know. I just coming back no. to it.
0: <laughs> it's
1: fine. <laughs> Let's go back to it. Sorry, I yeah. wasted time. Just wanted to get that out. No, of no, the right. hey, that,
0: this is fine. This is cool chat. Uh, I was just saying that the new record then. So, as soon as I heard Vogue Vol- Revenge and that opening riff, that hooky riff, it brought back that same feeling as when I first heard CQY when I was young. And there, and you. You certainly know how to write a riff throughout. Well, on each song, actually. I mean, that's the, the that was the single. Bob Bill's Revenge, wasn't it? And then, Wish <laughs> We did. Um, Yeah, but I well, mean, Bill's
1: Revenge was the video, and then Wish We Did, yeah. and now Fire Skyline just came out a couple of days ago. Yeah, they're tearing yeah. it up,
0: and that's a great song. So as well. happy, but this coming back to the actual being that your your best record, huh, like. Personally, I think it is. People may disagree with me. That's fine. That's the beauty of opinions. But I think one, I think the songwriting on this album is there's a lot of diversity in it as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's some wicked solos on there. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Which I I wasn't really expecting, to be honest. um, If I'm being honest, like I know, obviously, you are are able to do it. But when I heard someone was like, wow, that just is, it, it fits so well. And the second thing about this album is it sounds brilliant and i think when i talk about infiltrate destroy rebuild being some of my favorite songs i think coupled with the sound on this album and the songwriting that's why this album is your best output in my opinion
1: i appreciate uh, the sound quality totally the credit goes to kenneth hunter who, who is a master shredder at guitar which um Guitar shredders and soloists are, you know, the the subject of the, the idea of them is definitely a great idea. But if you're a shredder, your solos better be hooky, you know, just like the riffs. And he is a master at that. And he's a master at mixing and engineering. And I never really had that before in rock music, in um, the CKY related stuff. So um, now that we're not, you know, in Pro Tools, we try to Not use. I mean, if you listen to a lot of rock and metal bands today, you can hear the Pro Tools. A lot of people don't know what I'm talking about, but it's this music program where you can loop stuff and fix stuff and tune stuff. And we try to since, you know, we don't have any other options than to use digital formats to record, you know, Pro Tools. And and I forget the other one. Um, We have to use them because using two inch tape is so expensive. Yeah we we don't have the budget for that so of course infiltrate destroy build idr was on two inch tape volume one was on two inch tape and we ended up making it sound amazing answer can be found was on two inch tape put into pro tools in the infancy of pro tools and sounds like crap to me and then carver city we just carver city was more of a okay with pro tools we have unlimited tracks so let's load up on tracks here and put them all in there and it ended up being i wouldn't say overproduced because i love overproduction but you can't have everything going at once you have to bring it in take it down bring it in take it down and that's why i think Carver city kind of uh overwhelmed a lot of people's ears but for this you know, it's kind of like learn my lesson. I learned my lesson with with Volume One. I learned my lesson with IDR. This is the second ninety six Better Beings album. The first hey. one I is just as good, but it was in you know individual. It was independently released by us, so it it's not going to get the. Uh, the attention that Synergy Restored is going to get until we re-release it because we have no physical copies left. It's just all about streaming. So we have a lot of material to put up for streaming, but the physical stuff is personally for me and the rest of the band, they can have their opinions. We don't really talk about it much, but to have this album on a goddamn picture disc is what I've been waiting
0: for that is great for
1: years that looks great like so, and what's really cool about the album being on a picture disc is that the label made it for me for the for the for the band to sell through our store i asked them i said can you print out some picture discs and some black vinyl and i said sure sell it in your store and they did and it's just part of, you know, just rebuilding. Like I said, my dream is to be the, you know, for 96 bitter beings to be the reason why, you know, but that's, you know, that would be a gift of complete unrealistic, you know, the God's putting that ear unrealistic gift to us, but I want to be a part of it. I, I, we want to be a part of, um, Getting kids to buy record players. And the first time that I saw that that might be a possibility was when um, in ninth grade, I asked my daughter, You know, you like this song that you hear on your phone. You want me to get you a record player and you can listen to it on a, on a, what we call a a vinyl record where you put it on for the record player and you play it? She was like, God, no. That's like, what is that? But the next year, I was taken her to Walmart to buy uh, Billie Eilish vinyl and a record player. So that's a good sign.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. The albums, um, so synergy restored, Jesus, <laughs> and campaign. What are your
1: What are your favorite tracks?
0: So everybody has a different one. <laughs> my, I really love Fire Skyline, and that was before it was released. Uh, like I've had this album now. I think. A week, a week and a half. Mm-hmm. So I played it extensively. Um, <laughs> 90 Car Pile Up, I think, is great. But I was it's driving nice. to work the other day. Uh, it was like 8 o'clock in the morning on the motorway. And I had the, re- the album up really loud. Mm-hmm. And I actually, when I heard the, the sample of the pile up on the record, mm-hmm. I actually, my brain for a minute, I had to look around because I thought there had been a crash. And I had to <laughs> slow down yeah but, we
1: shocked you with the crash noises didn't yeah you?
0: like had to slow down because i was like has something happened am i like, like yeah <laughs> so um- is that the real am- at the end of the song is that the
1: real ambulance or is that on the no, scene that's that what we wanted at, to do
0: at the start when the the truck you know the horn and then the big pile up mm-hmm. uh-huh. it just freaked me out i was like right i need to skip this track for a minute because otherwise i'm gonna have a heart attack and have to pull over but uh <laughs>
1: And that's Um, kind of what the point of it was, is that we wanted people to pay attention while they were driving. So, you know, if you hear that happening, you want to look around and make sure that you're in a safe position. And it's an anti-texting and driving song. Um, It also has (laughs) a lot of um, more of a story that I made up in my head is that, you know, I, I pictured this icy, you know, one lane street, you know, where somebody's talking on their phone starts to skid goes to the red light everybody behind them skids crashes 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 a mile of pain and suffering and death and the person in front is all to blame for that just because they looked at a text that says i'll be there in five minutes yeah you know and i see that you know in my own neighborhood when i'm driving around there's so many accidents, and I know they're involved because of phones, because it's it's 17-year-old girls crying, still on their phone, texting their dads. Can you get me out of this problem? I just got in an accident because I re ended somebody while I was texting. Yeah. That infuriates me, because if anybody ever bumps into me, God forbid, it'll be an argument and a problem. But if my kids out there that know not to do that, not to use their phones, put their phones away. If, if God forbid somebody hits them, Mm. I I don't, I don't, all bets are off. I might, yeah, I'm going to end up in jail.
0: Yeah. Hopefully,
1: hopefully, after I get to see some success from this record.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My question was the, um, so Synergy Restored and Camp Chill was released, um, sorry, Campaign Camp Chill Uh was, was, they were recorded at the same time. Yes. And, Finished at the same time, so you released or or there and thereabouts, but recorded at the same yeah. time. Um, since you restored, obviously was released two, three years later. Um, Four. <laughs> what year is it? Twenty two. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um,
1: because of the campaign of the campaign, the um
0: quarantine. So yeah, yeah,
1: Coronavirus campaign. Similar.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, um, but, but my uh, but uh, what, sorry. How how difficult was it for you to not tinker so much with that almost finished album as it is now having it on like were you constantly like oh i could change that bit here and there oh yeah yeah so
1: it it wasn't difficult at all to to not tweak it because i i wanted to right campaign campaign was released in 2018 and finished we took the opportunity obviously uh covid was unexpected We took that opportunity to add and take away from Synergy. And even though the songs, the skeleton of the songs were recorded at the same time as Campaign, we had a plan for Campaign um, for each track to represent a different style of things that I might have done in the past, but have improved upon. And Synergy was more like a solid record that we wanted to introduce to
0: um post-covid the world. world
1: the world because we didn't have that power when we were doing yeah. an independent record you know and campaign was really successful There hooking up with nuclear blast was a no-brainer because i had worked with them in the past and they have the power and the strength to get these singles and this album out there and i think it deserved it to the point where a week before I handed it in to the record company, I was still fixing things vocally. I was still adding things. So remixing, we were in there, Ken and I remixing and re-recording and, you know, doing things over. Because, you know, like I said earlier, when we're using Pro Tools, we, we don't like to use the quick fix where it's like, okay, this vocal might be a little out of key. Let's just tune it, you know, using the computer. I'm like no it sucks I'm going to go in and sing it until it sounds good. There was a word in Vaudeville's Revenge that wasn't even a word and I didn't even know that unsensitive is not a word. I didn't know that. So the chorus for Vaudeville's Revenge was unsensitive to what used to be sublime. So and then somebody said unsensitive isn't a word. It's insen- it's insensitive. So I went in there and I sang "Insensitive to what used to be sublime" to a song that was already three years old. <laughs> I went in and and recorded that line in
0: 2021. It's, so it's interesting you say. Sorry to cut across you, Darren. It's interesting you say uh, about the vocals because it was a question I had because I don't mean to sound rude, but you're oh, older God. now. Like you're, you're, we're, we're all getting older, and um, it's not so much in the metal world, but certainly in the in the pop world, auto-tuning is the thing that is used in the studio. All these tricks and stuff, and I think your voice sounds great on the new record. So thank you. You literally, I mean, how do you keep it so fresh after all these years? Like,
1: because I had six years of practice. We recorded fifty three songs since we've been together. And wow. I never had so much time to sit there and, and try to beat myself at my own game. You know, and I'm able to hit higher notes and I'm able to hit lower notes. And for this album I wanted it to be it's not an aggressive record until there's parts that are aggressive. So if you're aggressive the whole time, yeah people are like this is this is an aggressive song. Or this is an aggressive album if you're if you're chill for parts of a song you might have a joke or some in humor or whatever when you get to an aggressive part it's more aggressive because nobody was expecting it and it's one of the things that i don't like about metal is that it's aggressive all the way through mm-hmm. unless a band is creative enough to throw in a chill part or mellow part but even then the mellow part comes out of nowhere and it's predictable enough that, you know, it's going to get heavy again. My goal is to throw in surprises of um, maybe the whole song is going to appear to be mellow and melodic and kind of poppy, but still heavy. And then go into things that are just like, whoa, this is kind of bizarre. You know, I, I better figure, you know, I'd like to figure out what the lyrics are. And that's one of the reasons why we left the lyrics out of the the vinyl and the cd i didn't put the lyrics in there for the first time because i want people to um say is he saying this because if that's what he's saying that's really fucked up and that's fine i want them to um think that i want them to get their own out of it other than you know okay here's my lyrics i'm writing them out for you so that you know what i'm saying while i'm singing it that's not something that i wanted to do and a lot of my favorite albums don't have lyrics so i get to make up my own based off of what i hear myself
0: the lyrics on uh slither away the chorus something i'm paraphrasing now but it's that a snake amongst the field of dead rats you slither away or something sure why not yeah like
1: (laughs) you know between me and you like like a snake in a field of dead grass you slither away like a worm that makes me squirm, you slither away. Um, is there any more? I mean, I'm on the spot here.
0: But, um, <laughs> I don't expect you to sing the whole song.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's like like a snake in a field of dead grass slither away. Like a worm that makes me squirm, you slither away. Tail between your legs, slither away. So it's tail between your legs.
0: It's um. But- There's loads of cool things like that, which... When you said about not having the lyrics in there, made me. But think, I liked
1: your interpretation better.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was wrong. <laughs> uh, a few more questions, Darren, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, no problem. Um, first one, Nuclear Blast. So you worked with them before, but on yeah. um, World Under Blood, World Under Blood in two thousand ten or eleven, something like that. Was it, it was
1: released in 2011 but we had
0: finished it, it 2008 it's a completely different story and it's a completely dif- different project in terms of music so <laughs> nuclear blast is one of the biggest labels in the metal world you know you've got mm-hmm. um i mean Demi bourgeois probably on at one point you've got behemoth opeth the, the list goes on so and then you
1: have the, the old san francisco bay testament exodus you know slayer um, yeah, classic. But the biggest bands in rock and metal are on Nuclear Blast.
0: And again, because no dis-
1: Roadrunner kicked the bucket.
0: Yeah, Roadrunner have gone under a different sort of banner. They're done. But they did lost.
1: You- they lost Slipknot, and Nickelback, so they're done.
0: But did you not see they're doing a Roadrunner United 2.0?
1: Another one. Yeah, see, because they need to cash in on the past. You know, I think Roadrunner's surviving based off of licensing old albums such as Torghost, Annihilator, and Pestilence. And I called that. I called that because when they fired everybody that made them money, it was the dumbest decision in the world because they didn't have anybody to replace them. I think they wanted to get young kids in there to sign new bands, which they did, but by getting rid of people like Monty Connor. And all the people that made that label so much money that still have an ear for great music and that could have signed awesome bands to Roadrunner, they decided to find uh, to fire them. And now it's like, well, who does Roadrunner have except for the bands that whose contract is up and no new bands?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think they. I think maybe Corn might be left.
0: I don't know. Mate, I know Nickelback
1: No, they're gone. Oh, They're not on Roadrunner. They haven't been on Roadrunner for five or six years. They're
0: done. Oh, okay. Roadrunner
1: Roadrunner is done. And a lot of the people that... Well, my favorite person that worked at Roadrunner is now at Nuclear Blast. So I get to work with them again. And he still knows what he's doing and he still has an ear for what's cool. You know, A&R guys don't get old. Bands get old. You know, Don Ellis has been running Columbia Records for God knows how long. He's probably strapped to a ventilator in a wheelchair and still signing new artists you know an ear is an ear and when you're not a musician and you're listening to bands you know if i was an anr guy i would only become one because i you know being someone that plays guitar and many instruments instinctually i want to go with the better uh the bands that play their instruments really well but that's a bad marketing decision the best marketing decision is you know, the songs are there. Hooks are the band mm-hmm. excited? Do they do they want to do this? You know, that's the most important thing. Do they have experience? Have they done things in the past without a record company? That those are the things that I would look for. But I'm biased because I'm a musician. But Roadrunner didn't have that, and it's sad because for a very legendary label, um, now they're pretty much cashing in their chips on their catalog. And that's a shame because they always vowed that they wouldn't do that, that their catalog means nothing, that licensing um, vinyl to listenable records or to Hammerheart wasn't worth an hour's worth of time. But now that's how they're surviving. And it's unfortunate because Roadrunner was the the 80s and 90s. And Roadrunner was like the best Label and Nuclear yeah. Blast is always neck and neck, but now Nuclear Blast has absorbed everything that Roadrunner forgot to keep up with, and now is the biggest rock and metal label.
0: And for for, for ninety six bit of beings then being mm-hmm. amongst this roster of um, metal, it is of metal. Yeah, is one thing, but for you and um, sorry, I keep saying you like I mean the rest of the band as well. Obviously, I, I yeah, don't yeah. mean it- disrespect when i don't mention them no, but for you my and the job rest- is
1: i think to be the guy with the notoriety and the rest of the guy's job is to be to make the whole band look good so they're just as important as <laughs> yeah. i am but i think eventually they will get their notoriety so that's the whole point
0: yeah so as i said no disrespect to them i keep referring to you but for you and for you as a band like signing Nuclear new blast that that's a huge thing and I mean, like you said, they've already given you a picture disc to sell in your store. Like they're right. backing all this stuff. Like I know labels. The, the the music scene wasn't isn't what it was like in the past. Like when Sabbath went in and got two hundred fifty thousand pounds to advance to record a deal, etc. etc. These oh, guys. Oh, did you get two hundred fifty thousand to record your records and a limo? and all that stuff in advance yeah
1: for island death jam yeah our, our our record deal was a quarter of a million dollars each album um they licensed the first album 7030 in our favor we got 70% wow um yeah and there were limos there were trips to hawaii there was lobster restaurants you know and now it's um that wasn't what you know, that was nice and everything. Um, but what made all of that not as important was um, how little we meant to them when it came to um, promoting the music, which I always thought was the most important thing. You can feed me lobster and give me money and take me to Hawaii all you want. But are you trying to uh, take this band to the next step?
0: Yeah, so records. And-
1: right so now that you know so we were we had so many things written into our contract that we were already making so much money before we had done everything because the labels wanted us so we you know chad ginsburg god bless him stepped in and he had some experience with major labels and knew that we weren't looking to sign with major labels the major labels were looking to sign with us and that gave us a leg up where we could say well give us this give us that and that i was so young that you know i money was of interest but then being signed to island records for 5 years i started to notice that we were being paid a lot of money but they were keeping us in the same spot as far as getting our music out there and that's what kind of i kind of realized okay i'm being paid It's like going to jail and they, if you're in jail, you're in prison and somebody pays you 10 grand a day to be in prison. You don't want to be in prison. Eventually you're like, I don't, I don't want the money. Just let me out. So it's kind of like that. It was kind of like, we're paying you guys to not be big, to not succeed. And that's basically what it was. And then eventually, even though the money was still coming in from, I don't know where, I had, you know, I had a conversation with them where I said, they said, okay, after an answer can be found, it's like, put you in the studio for the fourth record. And I was like, why? You're just going to throw some money at us and then you're not going to do anything. And I was like, we want our music to be out there just as much as any other band that has hit right now. We could have a hit. And, you know, they used to try to get us to to, to write hit songs. I can't write hit songs unless there's a song that I wrote that could be a hit, but if I'm going in and saying, okay, I got to write a hit song. We ended up with a song called familiar realm, which is total garbage. It's stupefied. It's slowed down. It's um, insulting to the listener that, that was familiar with how much better we could do. So the industry has changed as far as how much money you're going to get, but it's not necessarily different in how much exposure you can get.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Talking of uh, writing hits, uh, I just have to say that the the riff in in human in human creation station is one of my mm-hmm. favorite riffs of all time. I literally could listen to that riff on repeat.
1: Now, can't oh, you I'm, imagine that having been in heavy rotation on MTV or in or on your favorite radio station? Why not? Because. They didn't pay the radio station to play the song they paid us to
0: shut up and not complain about oh it. man it's absolutely <laughs> tragic it's so good um I appreciate that just a okay. couple more things and I want to quickly touch on uh world under blood which uh-huh. for those who may not know uh Darren you were you can probably explain it better than me but it was a death metal album uh, album essentially um in 2011. It's a really good listen. You have to have a listen to it. Um, it. It's got some really good death metal parts on it, but you still manage to have um, your own sort of touch on it. Things that
1: things that gave me away is it having something to do with me. Yeah, people say that. Yeah, you know, you're you're playing fast and you're doing death metal, but I can hear the CKY and the and your style in it. And I thought that that boggled my mind because I'm like, this is a completely different kind of music. I always wanted to do a death metal record and I never saw it in my future because we were so busy with CKY and touring and doing all that. And finally I got the opportunity to do it. And I thought, you know, at the time I thought it was realistic that um, I could get this other band together because we were, we were clashing and, we had all talked about doing side projects. So this was going to be my side project, but I wanted it to be a real band. And when you're getting involved in extreme metal, you're you're basically saying, OK, I'm going to do this extreme metal project. But most likely, most of the people that love my music aren't going to give mm-hmm. it a chance because it's nah, 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 nah. And it's crazy and it's fast and it's brutal. But it was all about I wanted to do that. Because that's what I was listening to. I was listening to musicianship. I was listening to amazing drum playing, amazing guitar solo work. And I found Luke Yeager and I found Tim Young. And um, we did this amazing record, but it took too long. We didn't strike while the iron is hot. And it was none of our faults. It was someone else's fault. And the album came out three years after the iron was hot. The iron was fucking frozen. And from there the the you know the better some of these death metal musicians the better they are at their instruments some of them don't know the business enough that that doesn't mean the more you get paid you know the better i am at you know it's the the better i am at drums the more i should get paid the better i am at guitar the more i should get paid it doesn't work that way and a lot of um, metal musicians that grew up they don't know the business that much so when it came time to put to, a tour together the first thing we were offered was an opening slot for Cynic on their Trace and Air tour
0: And wow. we found
1: out when we found out the amount of money we were going to get was $200 it was completely impractical and um, you know a couple of the band members you know I don't want to say their names because I love them and it was so many years ago that we've talked about it and laughed about it recently but you know well two hundred dollars isn't even gonna get me to play a single show so it became this problem where we were a great band and we were we had an awesome record but nobody wanted to tour because we're like, we're an awesome band We're progressive we blow everybody away as far as songs and riffs and technicality and progression We should be getting 15 grand a show. It doesn't work like that yeah the yeah the more commercial uh, that you, your, your commercial appeal, uh, your commercial appeal decides what you're going to make financially. But it, I knew I wasn't going to make any money from World Under Blood. It's not why I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it because I love death metal and I wanted to see what a, a death metal record would sound like had I done one and put together a band. And that's what we did. And then later on, when it took so long to come out, I could write a book about this album. Um, then the, the musicians decided, okay, we were waiting so long for it to be finished. And now, like, are we going to get paid? No not until the record is a success. And for not having played one show, that record was was a decent success.
0: Well, yeah. And you covered a song on that. Mm-hmm. By a specific... Two songs. Sorry, two songs. It was two songs. Sorry, yeah. The, the, the one that caught my attention most when you first came out was, was Wake Up Dead by yeah. Megadeth. And yeah. I heard it come on, you know, the start, and I was like, Shit, this this is ballsy. This is mm-hmm. ballsy to come and cover It sounds so good.
1: It turned out really good and, and James so Murphy good, huh? did James Murphy and Luke Yeager both traded solos. I'm not a so a guitar I I'm not a lead guitar player. Yeah. I have if I'm gonna do a lead, I have to write it out. It takes weeks. These guys came in and they knew the solos and Luke Yeager did the Chris Poland thing perfectly. And what was cool is that Dave Ellison had heard it and you know. Dave, Dave and I are, Dave Ellison and I are friends. But when I asked if Dave Mustaine had heard it, he was like, yeah, I thought it was cool. But, you know, I got a message from Dave Ellison saying how cool it was. But you no, know, I, don't, I don't think Dave Mustaine really cared. That's cool. That's fine. You know, I didn't do it to impress Megadeth. Yeah. I did it because it's one of my favorite songs. And it's funny because Megadeth, I wouldn't say, is anywhere near one of my favorite bands. But I've covered two songs from them, which I find very interesting. Why did I do that? In my darkest hour, I covered that on an acoustic album I did, and I love that song. but um, yeah, I mean, it's not about you know some some bands cover songs because they wanted to get back to the original artist and see what they think and yeah. but you know other you know, I, I didn't care. I love songs I wanted to cover them and put my own spin on it, just like with Death Metal, I wanted to do a death metal record and put my own spin on it without trying to impress other death metal bands. So
0: Is it something you'll revisit, do you think, in the future? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: I haven't I haven't quit any band I've ever been in. Um, if my band from high school wanted to do something new and they called <laughs> me up, i to do it, I've never quit a band. I've never said, you know, I'm out, I'm done, I can't deal with this. It's always been uh inconvenient timing or, you know, somebody isn't gonna be compensated enough um obviously you don't want to go on tour or work on something if you're going to have to pay out of your pocket yeah but you know you do have to work around the financial aspect of it which i hate because everybody needs to bring in money it's the way things work money pays for food money pays for gas so yeah um definitely there will be another world under blood record there will be another foreign objects record um and there for 90 96 bitter beings is going to to send me off till the end of my life, it's cool. um, it's the band that we you know I don't want to leave this earth until we have twenty albums. Twenty albums. Twenty, and we have two. So it's eighteen to go. Eighteen so, to go. Greatest hits in live, they count.
0: <laughs> they definitely. <laughs> albums do not count. I was funny. I was having this conversation with a guy today about Iron Maiden, and he was saying uh-huh. I've only heard five of their albums, including the Live uh, live After Death. And I was like, well, that doesn't have an album. Yeah, right. I know.
1: No. They're compilation records. But you know what? I, my friend said something to me because when I was a kid, I was like, God, I'm just buying. Okay. Scorpions. RCA. I don't know. Just a story. RCA signed Scorpions and their records didn't sell in the 70s. But when the Scorpions got huge in the 80s, RCA went nuts trying to fool the new Scorpions fans into thinking that the RCA albums were the new albums. So they put out all these compilations and I remember thinking, okay, I have all the Scorpions albums from the seventies, but so why did I go out and buy best of Scorpions? So I have all the songs already. And the answer he gave me was like, but do you have them in this order? Do you have them? Um, do you, it's just a different listen back then. You didn't have the option of skipping and you know but like it was interesting to see like hey, what did they think was the best of the Scorpions? What order did they put the songs in? Like how did they split up side one and side two? And it it is, it's something different. Now people that get carried away with compilations albums like Kiss, okay? Not changing or remixing anything. There's so many. Yeah. But every time they put out one, it sells a lot because people are like, "I don't want to buy a Kiss album. I want to buy the best of Kiss." Now I know, you know what their game is, and it's not Kiss's fault. It's the record company's fault because they're not selling the studio albums anymore. They're selling the compilations, but it's just interesting. Like I recently, I bought the best of Judas Priest on cassette, and it was from the seventies. Oh, nice. Because I didn't want to buy the three albums before I heard The Best Of. So I got The Best Of and I listened to it. And then I went and I got the three albums that that those songs came from. So compilations can be important unless you overdo it. And live, basically, many most live records, I'd say 99% are not totally live. But they get you interested in different versions of the song. And you get to feel like you're at the show. And they serve their purpose, too. So I think they should be counted as,
0: as an album. So you're counting them as 18 albums to go. I,
1: yeah, I, want <laughs> to do, I want to do a live record because how we sound live is completely different than on record. But we play very tight and, and f- almost flawlessly to the point where I don't think that I would have to go in. I might have to change a couple vocals here and there. But I, it's not like we're going to have to go in and re-record everything like we did with the CKY live record so that's how tight we are is that we can go up there put on the show listen to the recording and be like god this is badass as long as it's mixed well enough this'll be our third or fourth record you know so, live interpretations
0: <laughs> so talking of live then are, are you in the process of lining up a tour in i assume you've got one lined up in the states uh, i'm more interested about potentially europe and any festival slots maybe oh god
1: festivals have never you know I don't know what it is but even when when we were at our peak 10 15 years ago festivals did not do I think we did the download festival yeah and you know I think we would love to do festivals I would love to get in front of a crowd of 80,000 you know I've played the 80,000 people before but it's it's a totally different experience and it's fun in its own way playing arenas with guns and roses and all that stuff arenas are interesting huge thousands and tens of thousands of people. That's awesome. But um, the benefit of that is that if you're lucky, 5% of that crowd is sober enough to remember yeah. who they're watching and all that. But, you know, yeah, I mean, we're working towards that. I wanted to go, we had a European tour planned that got canceled for a few reasons. But of course, the biggest reason was that COVID had just kicked in our, our American tour, our North American tour finished a week before covid started Mm -hmm. and then a week after venues started opening up again in 2022 we went on a five-week summer summer tour that we just completed at the end of august so right now you know i'm going to be hounding um our booking agency to get us to europe get us a second leg i want to do an opening slot i haven't been an opening act in year decades and um I'd like to do that. Not since Guns and Roses have I ever been in a band that opened for another band. And I would love to do that again because you get that 30 minutes to to burst out all your energy, leave them like, whoa. And then you can get off and then already start traveling to the next show while the main act is doing their two hours. We've always been a headliner on this last tour. We were doing anywhere from an hour and 15 to two hour shows. Wow, and I would like to go back to seeing what it's like to hit them and leave, wham bam thank you audience, you know, and that's what I'm really hoping that um we can get going, but you know we're still in the process <laughs> of finding, we're still in the process of finding where we're at, and um really encouraging people that we're working with to do the best they can and hopefully continue to work with them.
0: Well, I hope to see you at some point on this tour. Oh, even I have, sorry. I say this tour at some point. It'd be great to see you. Yeah, uh,
1: coming for the first energy, I want to do March, April in Europe,
0: and cool. then come
1: back and do another summer tour in North America. I want to, you know, touring was so much fun. Um, it was interesting. I could write a book about the summer tour we just finished. So, fu- that's, so that's that's right. Up. Now cool. Yeah, what's going on in major cities in the US right now is so fucked up you wouldn't believe it. The footage we have of people roaming the streets, it's like it's like zombie getting. It's it's seriously a horror movie gone gone wild and re- and realistic. It's happening in Seattle. You're seeing people walking around naked. We saw people pulling things out of their we saw women pulling Uh, crack out of their vaginas. I mean, it was just insane, the footage. I saw there was like quite a few people that were, um, I guess, fentanyl, I'm going to assume, that were having conversations with themselves. And if you interrupted the conversation by being like, are you okay? They'd be like, (sighs) fuck you, I'm talking to my friend. There's nobody there. America is trashed, East and West Coast. And then in the middle, everybody's bored. So... We're in bad shape, but that's one reason why I'd like to get out of here and come to Europe because Europe has always been good to us. They get what what we're doing more than anybody else ever has.
0: Fingers crossed. Final question, Darren. It's been oh. so much fun chatting to you. Thanks so much for taking the you. time. Thank you. Um, appreciate you being on. But your best metal album released in twenty twenty two. Your favorite.
1: I don't. I don't have a favorite. I just don't. I just have the two albums that I have bought in twenty
0: twenty. Okay, go.
1: Megadeth, Sick and Dying and Dead, and Razor.
0: Razor. Razor, album.
1: Razor albums. A Canadian thrash. Or Razor is a Canadian thrash metal band. It goes all the way back to nineteen eighty five, and their new album. I don't have it in front of me, but it's called Something Contempt. Okay. Cool. Um. It's they're a badass band. They they play scat beats through their whole song, the Slayer beat but, 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 but. and and the the lyrics are really funny and they're really brutal and and um Dave Carlo is the founder, he's the Dave Mustaine of Razor, Dave Carlo. And uh, Bob Reed is the vocalist and they're just they they're uncompromising and they haven't put out an album in like almost twenty years, maybe more.
0: Oh,
1: now, hold on. If you just give me one second, I can look up what it's called because I really want to promote it for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Amazon. All right, hold on one second. Just five seconds. Razor. There's another band I want to get into that sounds really interesting. It's like um, Gunshot or Gunsmith or something like that. Oh, it's Cycle of Contempt.
0: I'll have it there. Yeah. that's
1: the new that's the new Razor album,
0: Cycle of Contempt. Cool. Um, I'll throw it on over the weekend then.
1: I, I think any uh, fans of uh, old school thrash metal should check that out. Another band that I think that I'm gonna start getting into that just put out a new album is um I always forget the name, but the music is so fucking cool. Um, Gunship. Gunship. Gun. Ship, as in boat, spaceship, gunship. gunship. They're like sound. Soundtrack- they're like Nintendo soundtrack music, um, but with like open minded, and
0: it's not pop, and it's not you know.
1: Well, don't even know
0: Then there's another album. If you like that stuff coming out, they're called Thought Crime. T h o t h o t Crime, and their album's coming out. um the 28th of october i think they're classed as cyber grind but it's okay. uh it, it's if you like that stuff nintendo sound sega mega drive sounds you'll you'll really dig that so keep an eye out for that one as well
1: yeah i see that okay there's a there uh oh wait thought
0: crimes hold on a second
1: yeah no i would love to check out you know everybody's like you should check this out you should check this out and there's so much music
0: isn't there
1: I get so many, yeah, you can't keep up with it, you know. I'm still going back to Gore Guts, Erosion of Sanity.
0: You know, I'm going to be listening to that probably today.
1: But yeah, I got to buy these records.
0: Yeah. Um, listen, Darren, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I'm going to leave you be, and um, best of luck with the album release. And Thank you very much. And the, the next 18 albums that are going to be out very soon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. And I hope to see you on tour someday. But thanks again, man. Much appreciated.
1: Thank you, and we'll be coming to Europe soon. I promise and guarantee it. Wicked.